Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Back for greetings, episode, greetings. <laughs> back for episode three of the Package Gasm. Packaging. <laughs> We're talking about our packages. Uh, no, no, no. Um, you know what? I, I, uh, I came across <laughs> this, uh, this thing uh, on Flipkart.com. So it's Bruin Classic Styles. Any winning recipes anyone can brew. Book by... Uh, Jamel Chef and John Palmer, and it's on uh, it's it's in it's the Indian version of uh, of the uh, oh, site, yeah. I guess, and it's it's, it's selling for seven hundred eighty one rupees. Hmm. The list price is nine hundred sixty four rupees, so that's a hundred eighty three rupee discount. So I'm thinking, well, that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, I wonder how much you know rupee to U.S. dollar, and uh, it's like seventeen something uh, for the uh-huh. book, and that includes free shipping uh, within India, I think. So uh, uh, I thought that was a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good price with shipping. And uh, I'm just kind of pleased we're we're for sale in India. Oh yeah, well, we we got, we got there's at least one guy in India that uh, I exchange email with. He listens to the shows and uh, he's doing his best to to brew a great beer there because he's got limited access to certain yeasts and things like that. But uh, he seems real passionate about it. Uh, decent cool. dude. I forget his name. Uh, but uh, nice guy. I've exchanged some email with him. Uh, and, you know, and as always, you look down at the bottom there, purchase similar books, How to Brew by John J. Palmer. Ooh. That's also 781 rupees. That's a deal. That's a deal there right go. there, huh? Uh, How to Brew. And then there's uh, Sexual Styles by John Michael <laughs> something or other. Now, that one, that's 1,832 rupees. Oh. Sexual Styles. Good. Similar books. Yes, bring classic <laughs> styles and sexual styles. What does that say about the, the relative demand of the <laughs> topics in India? <laughs> I think it says more about uh, our book than it does about uh, the demand in India. Yeah, self-sufficiency homebrewing, classical electrodynamics, and <laughs> uh, yeah, sexual styles. And of course, I, I had to click on that and see what it was all about. But then, you know, it started getting a little weird. I'm like, okay, I should, really shouldn't be looking at this. I thought that was great. Uh, Flipkart.com. F-L-I-P-K-A-R-T. Another great website you should check out is uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. B-L-I-C-H-M-A-N-N Engineering.com. That's uh, the website of our fine sponsor, Blickman Engineering. They uh, make really uh, uh, great uh, equipment that uh, uh, they're always... You know, looking for new ways to solve problems for brewers, and uh, they solve problems for this brewer here. They sent me a uh, a top tier system. I haven't had a chance to break it out and, and and play with it yet, 
But uh, he also sent me one of those new uh, hop screens that goes in there yeah. and uh, a hop know, rocket. And he's got uh, he's got some alt. You know, he's ever since he became a sponsor, he's been uh, letting me in on some of their. Uh, uh, <laughs> exchange their uh, their new uh, um, uh, developments going on. Some of their top secret stuff. So it's been really exciting. I, I really appreciate it. You know, this, this show finally starting to pay off for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, making uh, making some headway there. So I'm 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 excited. Uh, I you know I I want to try that stuff out. It's not uh, it's not a bribe or anything. I'm sure people look at it that way, but. What well, is a chance for me to you know try out the equipment that uh, so I can talk about it? Otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like it with, the, with the better bottles, you know. Uh, yeah, they sent me some better bottles. I tried them. I, was, I told you things I didn't like about them. I told you things I did like about them. But yeah, I ended up switching to them just because. Uh, you yeah, some it's, good it's, it's a good product. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm figuring I'll I'll have the same thing with the uh, the Blickman gear. There's things I probably won't like. Yeah. Things all I will like or love, and uh, I'll tell you all about it. That's yeah. that's the whole plan, anyways. I spent a lot of time over the last couple of years building my dream system, and you threw it and away then, and got a Blickman. Well, <laughs> then uh, I got got the top tier, and uh, you know mm-hmm. it's darn handy compared to doing yeah. going through all the prep for my dream system. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You've been you've been brewing on it a while now. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I just wish my my driveway was a little bit more level, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, nothing to nothing to a two by four and a brick won't won't you know rectify. Uh, you should let Blickman know so he can uh, innovate some more and uh, send uh, send uh, you know some other features your way as far as uh, figuring out how to solve that problem for you. Well, here uh, testimonial. Two weeks ago, I was brewing in the driveway and um, I was dumping dumping some uh, water out on the side yard. And uh, tripped over a sprinkler fitting. And, uh, you know, when you get to be our age, you don't fall as gracefully, gracefully as you did when you were younger. But, uh, you know, I picked myself up and, and uh, got back to brewing. And my wife texted me and said, where was that earthquake? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I did not amount to seismic activity here. <laughs> Are you watching me out the window or what? But um, she was... Uh, they were out the mall actually at a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, that was when the the Baja California quake hit. Uh-huh. Um, what is it, seven point two down there? Yeah, I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I did not notice the brew stands swaying at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, solid as a rock, huh? Yeah, it really was. I mean, the, when it when the earthquake actually occurred, I mean, I was I was standing there stirring the mash, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing. Didn't notice the thing. Do you drink when you brew? Not usually. I mean, I'll have like one, but uh, usually I, I'm just, just glued to the glued to the process. Just checking. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. You know, I've never I've never been one of those guys that you know has you know ten while they're brewing. It's uh, right. usually just one. Yeah, it messes me up. I can't drink and brew. It's just you know. But uh, yeah, I saw the uh, the uh, top tier system for the first time in uh, northern at the Northern Brewer Store in Milwaukee. It was very cool. I, that's that's what got me kind of excited about it was uh, seeing that and uh, and uh, you know uh, so now I'll be brewing on one. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Also excited, uh, anyways, uh, about uh, 
you know, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We got uh, the NHC coming up. We got uh, Peter and mine road trip uh, out to the NHC. You can come out and join us on that. And uh, uh, you'll be there too, John. We're going to do a, a live show from the uh, conference at the yep. NHC. You can come out and uh, stand around. We'll probably do we'll do a Q and A show, and uh, people can uh, ask questions, and we'll just uh, answer them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I uh, got to look at the uh, the speaker lineup at NHC, but we should you know grab one of the experts and kind of expand on one of their topics too. Get get them on the air. Okay, well that could work. We'll see. We'll see what we uh, what we see there. I'm sure we'll find somebody somebody good. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this is the third episode in our uh, package gasm. Where I think this is the the show we're going to wrap it up with. Uh, we're going to talk the whole show about counter pressure filling, which is a, a big confusing subject for a lot of people. We're going to go from uh, I can get that beer out, that's carbonate out of the keg into some bottles, uh, bottles of different sizes, different techniques, everything from uh, you know Tasty's dirt cheap. Uh, just jam it in the bottle method to uh, uh, counter pressure filling to uh, the Blickman beer gun. And actually, we're going to have a, a good guest joining us uh, to talk about uh, the stuff. So let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll get right into uh, Gasm 3. Back after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand. The only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Catherine the Great Imperial Stout, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. 
Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and happy hour all day Mondays. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers! Three brewers, three different eras, all caught in the same fermento chronological vortex, traveling through time, righting brewing wrongs, and bringing beery wisdom to where and whenever it may be needed. Journey now with Dr. Jean de Clerc. Greetings, listeners! 20th century Belgian super-brewing scientist. Please, please, the yeast and the enzymes do the hard work. I am merely a facilitator. Icebach. What, what? 21st century Norwegian-American homebrewer rapper from St. Paul. Listen, listen, I bust attenuation maxims and my yakima magnums make my lager so smooth it's like a laxative. My spit got that static power after I mash for an hour. I got naked ladies in my brew room all covered in hot flowers. I swing a propagation flask like a five-liter dick. Get your nasty mid-drinking group on ass back to 1026, boo! And Brother Abelard. Off that with witch. Be gone! 12th century English monk and perpetuator of brewing superstition. My holy rod of divine bubbling shall maketh any ale to froth by the grace of heaven. And a modicum of bog myrtle hurts not either. Brought to you by Northern Brewer, your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, and equipment with $7.99 flat rate shipping. Tune in next time for more Time Brewers! Hilo, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Yes, you're listening to the authors of classic sexual styles. <laughs> 80 position, winning positions you can use. Uh, oh, and we're joined by uh, our fine sponsor. Yeah. And aren't you glad that you're sponsoring this program, <laughs> Mr. John Blickman? How you doing, John? Good. How are you guys doing? All right. We're doing great. Yeah, this this is the, uh, the kind of uh, standard programming you hear in the Midwest and uh, back East. Oh yeah, this is great stuff. <laughs> yeah, we try not to get a little too disgusting here on this program. We're we're actually a little more we're all serious. About the beer, really? Yeah, we're about the beer. A little more serious and uh, and uh, you know concentrated about the beer, like uh, like your company. You're you're uh, you're real passionate about the beer, and that's one of the things that uh, uh, amazed me was uh, you know things you've done like uh, the beer gun. I thought that that was, you know, just like a radical change to, you know, how people thought about bottling, you know, beer and, you know, the counter pressure filling and all that. And, and, you know, that, that was just amazing to me. I was like, wow, that, I think that was what made me first take notice of Blickman engineering was like, 
that is something new and unusual and you know innovative that you know you were you were changing how people did things yeah that was a that was a a long in the works uh product um i i started like everybody else using the uh counter pressure fillers and uh after cleaning beer off our kitchen ceiling and uh all those other things and having to cover the kids ears up when I was uh, cussing because <laughs> foam was spraying out of my bottles, um, you know, I just thought, hey, there's, you know, this is not a complicated thing. Why is it, you know, why, why do we have to deal with this irritation? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, really, it's just like when I was an engineer at CAT, we, I did um, a lot of field service type work, and um, it always boils down to once you find the root cause, the fix is easy. Mm-hmm. And, um so I really just boiled the beer gun down to, you know, or to filling a bottle down to, you know, what, what's the whole point of it? Mm-hmm. And um, it's as simple as you want the beer to go into the bottle without adding oxygen and uh, with a very minimal amount of foam. It's actually nice to have just a little bit so you can cap on foam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really the crux of, of all the, uh, the foaming, and you touched uh, on this quite a bit on the, on the previous show, uh, is the uh, the beer is in a happy equilibrium when it's in a keg, and when you go to transfer it into a bottle, it uh, it's not it's no longer in that equilibrium state. So the gas wants to come out. Um, you know, you've got to take it through a turmoil of uh, uh, changes in pressure and directions, and that that CO two does not want to stay in solution. Mm-hmm. So what we really did with the beer gun is, you know, how do we how do we minimize all that? stuff so that the, the beer really doesn't get too upset as it goes through all these um, tubes and everything else so it gets into your beer bottle without foaming mm-hmm. and you know it, it really boiled down to several things one um, was uh, uh, dropping that pressure slowly you don't want a, uh, a throttling valve or sharp 90 degrees that um, you know accelerate the beer as it goes around that corner and then just uh, creates nucleation sites for that co2 to come out of solution so we uh, with the beer gun, we've got a we use a ten foot length of hose that uh, slowly drops that pressure down, and uh, we actually have absolutely no uh, ninety degree elbows mm-hmm. uh, or anything in that uh, in the beer path. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other thing was really just kind of it always seemed like you needed three hands uh, to operate a lot of these fillers, and you know to me that was always a a pain. So it was okay. How do I make this a one handed operation? And that's how we came up with the uh, uh, the little simple mechanism that we came up with, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's been a great seller. It's probably the product I get the most compliments on, and you know it's it's great and it's humbling uh, as an engineer to uh, to really get those compliments and know that you've made somebody else's uh, bottling day uh, a lot more pleasant instead of frustrating like it always was for me. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Palmer, th- there's. Uh um uh, many ways to get uh, you know uh, carbonated beer out of the keg into the into the bottle what what are those methods that 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 exist well um john touched on one key aspect of getting beer in the bottle and that is to uh maintain some equilibrium of pressure so that you don't end up with just lots of foam in the bottle uh-huh um, you want to get you know more beer than foam in the bottle, and you want to you want a little bit on top so you can cap on foam. You know, per, in other words, purging the headspace as you fill. But um, 
our, our good friend Taysom McDowell does a very simple uh, pour right from his draft system. Uh, he, he's got a kegerator and he chills the kegs down, gets them quite cold, you know, near 30, and, um, then, and then backs off the pressure a little bit and slowly pours into his bottles right from the tap. And well, caps it that way. Doesn't he s- stick a piece of uh, like stiff tubing up in the uh, the faucet and try and fill from the bottom or anything like that? Yeah, he, he I believe he does. And uh, there are other people that that don't. They just you know fill mm-hmm. right from the faucet itself. But mm-hmm. using a piece of tube to get down to the bottom of the bottle is a help. Mm-hmm. Um, reduces the amount of air, air exposure that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a, a you know a short term package, you know just to get right. it to competition that weekend or something, then you know. It may not be as critical, but... Yeah, I know uh, Mike uh, will fill his bottles at the last minute to turn in for a competition. And then, and and part of it, I guess, is, you know, you're going to pick up some more oxygen that way, I think. Right. You're, and one of the things that bothers me is, you know, as as anal as I am about making sure everything's clean, my draft system, unless you're taking that thing apart, you know, daily <laughs> and cleaning it out and, you know, putting it all back together and, you know, sanitizing it, you know, before everything, it builds up crud so fast because, you know, you get that exposed yeah. end and, you know, I don't even like it leaving it hooked up to my kegs for a long period of time because, uh, you know, the bacteria is going to grow into the into the keg. So you're picking up stuff. And actually, I did a uh, experiment where I, I had a, uh, two beers I sent to uh, White Labs for uh, their testing, their quality control. And, uh, you know, like one sample from, you know, the beer from a sanitized, uh, you know, short piece of uh, filler tubing. And then the other one through the draft system that I had recently cleaned. And that one was just rife with bacteria. <laughs> it was not a good thing. So, uh, you know, if if you have a real short, uh, you know, window, you're going to fill it. You're going to give it to somebody that evening. You're going to take it to a party and, uh, you know, provide it to somebody. Then uh, and they're going to drink it that night. Then, then great. I think that, that, that works. And it's cheap. Um, if you've already got the, the kegging set up and all that, uh, you know, a piece of stiff, uh, plastic tubing, um, you know, that's all it takes. Um, uh, one thing I do for the Kenya Brewit shows is I'll pour beer that morning into a, uh, two liter soda bottle and I'll put one of those, uh, uh, blue plastic, uh, what do they call them? Uh, carbonator caps? Yeah, carbonator caps. And you can make your own. Uh, somebody did it with uh, tire valves and stuff like that. People make their own. Uh, carbonator cap, and then, uh, although it's just easier just to buy a carbonator cap. <laughs> and, uh, I'll jack it up with some some pressure, and, and uh, you know, that's good for, for the shows. Um, so that's a, a, a quick and simple and easy way um, to do it, and cheap. So what would be the, the next step from there, John? Well, um, one way I used to do it is I made my own uh, little counter-pressure filler from a uh, single piece of hard plastic tubing. Or it was actually a racking cane that I'd uh, cut, and cut off at appropriate length. And a rubber stopper slipped up at the side of that racking cane and, um, and then had a, uh, a valve. It was simply hooked up to my keg. So from the liquid outside of the keg, you know, into this uh, cane with a stopper on it and a valve, um, I would uh, stick the, the stopper in the in the bottle mm-hmm. and turn mm-hmm. on the beer. And you know, as the pressure, you know, with the pressure would build up inside the bottle, it would reduce the foam, mm-hmm. 
and uh, I would just gradually, you know, kind of bleed pressure out of the bottle right. uh, with the stopper as it filled. Mm-hmm. But you know, not ideal. Um, you ended right. up, I ended up with a fair amount of foam in the bottle, mm-hmm. um, but it worked. It was cheap. Right. Um, other counter pressure fillers and, and um, the kind you see, you know. You can see them at the buy them at the homebrew shops and various places. Uh, there's a uh, a liquid in. There's a gas in. You know, separate valves to open and close, um, so that you are pressurizing the bottle with CO2 mm-hmm. um, as you're filling it with beer, and then gradually bleeding that pressure off as the beer fills. Well, there's some where you bleed it off by kind of tilting the the filler, and it leaks out past the stopper. And there's some with a little bleed-off screw that you can adjust for pressure. And then um, and then there are some where instead of – the one that I have used a bunch was uh, had two valves, uh, you know, each operated independently. And then they have some where it's like a three-way valve where you go, you know, gas, and then it goes off, and then it goes beer. I actually don't care for those because – it's just you know too much chance for messing up. I, I have uh, literally counter pressure filled um, you know over eight thousand bottles of beer, and so I got really good <laughs> at using <laughs> multiple hands. Actually, you know, forearm and uh, you know elbows and noses and you know to operate all the little pieces and parts and. Um, and 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 and, and jump Lickman, if you if you got uh, any tips on uh, using any of these uh, these methods, you know, jump right in. I'm sure you got experience with all these too. Oh yeah, I've used the the, the growler filling with. In fact, I think the yeah. um, was it the Perlick faucets. I think they're actually sized so you can stick a three eighth inch tube up inside of them. Yeah, and it fits yeah. real snugly. Right, right. Um, and that's what I do for filling growlers. Just you know, because I know I'm just going to serve it that evening, and mm-hmm. I don't even bother uh, CO two purging the bottle. Well, and you'll see a lot of I know. a lot of brew pubs will do that too. When you go in to get a growler fill, they have a piece of tube and they just stick up in the faucet and and go ahead and, and fill it up, and then they cap on foam, and yep. uh, that seems to work uh, fairly well. You know, again, if you're going to drink it right away, yeah, that's fine. Um, on the counter pressure fillers, I've I, you know that's that's all that existed back then. I tried uh, you know several models you know over over time, and they all worked. It's about equally well for me. Um, like I said, I, you know, I've, I've got a lot of experience with those, so I figured out a lot of the little magic tricks to uh, use them without excessive problems. So one that I figured out was put the keg up high and the beer bottle down low. And what you want to do is jack up your pressure in the uh, in the uh, so you're using a. Uh, you know, an overpressure of like, uh, you know, 10 to, to 20 PSI to hold down foaming in the bottle. Uh, you pressurize the, the bottle with the, the filler, and then you start the beer flow. And the beer flow is if you've got it sealed off completely, so no gas is leaking out of that bottle, you open the, the beer valve and no beer comes out. Now you bleed off just a tiny bit of pressure. And the beer starts flowing, and you're essentially siphoning the beer out of the the keg into the bottle, and you can just slowly bleed off the gas. If you do it slowly and carefully enough, you can fill that with you know with nary a bubble uh, to the to the surface. Um, the difficulty comes in just holding that pressure and keeping it steady. And if you 
wiggle at all, uh, if you slip, if you don't, uh, you know, that's when you get the beer shower. And, uh, you know, I've probably had a dozen beer showers out of, uh, out of that time. So, uh, you know, and yeah, it goes all over the ceiling. It goes all over the place. So once you've run the beer to the level that you want, uh, you stop the beer flow, you bleed, you slowly bleed off the rest of the gas as slowly as you can, and then quietly remove the, the filler, and you shouldn't get foaming. If you yank the filler off you know, before the pressure has been uh, reduced down to uh, atmospheric pressure, uh, that's when you get the beer shower. That's when you get a lot of foaming. And, uh, that is going to make a rain. Yeah, if, if your bottles aren't clean, if... Uh, you know, if your your beer tends to foam a lot with big bubbles, if you got a lot of particulate matter in the beer, that's when you you know you're just going to get a lot of foaming um, out the bottles. And if you have a, a really highly carbonated beer, it becomes even more problematic because again, you got to keep that uh, a minimum of 10 psi over whatever your beer pressure is, and generally 15 to 20 works better. But you know, holding down on you know 30 psi with the counter pressure filler working the valves and the bleed screw and doing all this stuff, uh, it can get a little tricky. Again, I've, I've done it with thousands of bottles and it, and it worked fine. It's just, um, not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, you guys got any other tips, uh, for counter pressure filling? Yeah, the, uh, I, I found, uh, um, real protonaceous beers, you know, mostly like wheats and oatmeal, mm. uh, beers are, they can be challenging too. They just, they're, uh, you know, all those proteins, you know, support such a, a nice frothy head. Mm-hmm. Um, they they can be challenging, too. And then, obviously, the highly carbonated beers. Um, you know, I kind of always recommend with the beer gun is just to drop it to about half your normal dispensing pressure. So, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere between 5 to, you know, 7 PSI and start there. And um, uh, I don't... I don't recommend you know, chilling the kegs and, until you just try it and just see how it works for you. And then if you're not happy with the foam level that you're getting, um, you know, then you can start uh, reducing the, the temperature of the uh, of the keg. But you'll want to drop the CO2 pressure down because, you know, if you're going to uh, chill that over a long period of time because you don't want to over-carbonate mm-hmm. the beer either. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's, that's another question I get uh, fairly often is um, – I'll get people that, uh, on occasion that have trouble filling a, uh, a bottle. And I, I always quiz them about their procedure for carbonating the beer. And probably the number one reason is, uh, speed gassing is what I call it, where you're, you, uh, jack the, the CO2 pressure up, you know, to 20, 30 psi and, um, either let it sit or shake the daylights out of it to get it, the CO2 to dissolve so you can get it carbonated faster and drink it sooner. The problem there is it's nearly impossible to control the uh, the actual amount of carbonation in there. And once you get your beer overcarbonated, it's awful darn difficult to bottle with about anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the fundamental differences between how the beer gun works and how a regular counter pressure filler works. Um, the counter pressure filler requires you to have that pre- keep that pressure on the beer in order to keep it from foaming. Uh, so you've got to increase the pressure and, and, and hold down the foaming. Uh, otherwise, uh, right, yeah. you know, it, it's just going to bubble all over the place, and you're just going to end up with a mess. And um, Right, and the beer gun doesn't pressurize the bottle, so right. you don't have the issues with, um, uh, you know, the beer spraying. Um, but uh, it's a little – you may need to do just a few little extra things if you're going to do a highly carbonated beer mm-hmm. or, a, 
you know, a, a wheat beer, like, you know, chill on the keg and sometimes the bottles too. You know, the whole thing there is, you know, CO2 is soluble based on temperature and pressure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you want to have the uh, that stay pretty close to the same. So you're not, you know, increasing the temperature in, of, of it suddenly, uh, and you're not changing the pressure suddenly. Well, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we'll you can fill us in on the beer gun, the quiescent fill, and and all that stuff, and and how it differs from counter pressure filling. Give us some tips, things like that. Sure. We'll be back after this. Your carboy cap on. This is Bruce Strong. We'll be right back. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zalashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with DeMille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew sand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. 
the, the more beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, counter-pressure filling in, in part three of our package gasm. And, uh, all right, so uh, just before the break, we were talking about the uh, Blickman uh, beer gun and how it's, it's different than counter-pressure filling, which is uh, requires you to have a, an overpressure to hold down so the CO2 cannot come out of the beer, and that requires you to keep the bottle sealed and uh, to otherwise you, yeah, otherwise you have uh, foaming as it as it travels through the lines, and you know it causes all this foaming. If you keep enough pressure on it, that holds it down. Uh, now, uh, explain to me how the beer gun works and how uh, you don't need to pressurize the bottle with the beer gun. Well, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, the. Um the root cause of, or the whole idea uh, behind filling the bottle uh, so that it'll last long in the package is getting it in there with uh, out oxidation mm-hmm. and to get it in there without uh, with very minimal foaming so you don't lose the carbonation level. Um, and, you know, I, instead of just trying to improve upon what was there, you know, I haven't used the virtually all the different counter-pressure fillers myself, just, you know, bottling beers for competitions and the like. Um, you know, I, d- I just saw one of the limits is pressurizing that. That's where it, it, it you required multiple hands to, to use it. They were fairly, uh, um, you know, you had multiple valves that you were turning. You, you know, mm-hmm. if you slip a little bit with the stopper, um, you know, the beer will just spray right out of it or, um, you know, you can tip the bottle accidentally because you got to hold it down and, right. uh having uh, doused my kitchen multiple times with beer and the wife not particularly appreciating that. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, there's, there's got to be a different way. And, you know, so I just got down to the, you know, the, you know, the, the root of what causes CO2 to come out of solution, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it quite simply is, uh, you know, what changes that equilibrium point as pressure and temperature and uh, nucleation sites. Mm-hmm. So the, the temperature was a pretty simple one, uh, and that works great for counterpressure as well, and that, you know, just make sure your bottles uh, are the same temperature as your beer, mm-hmm. and um, and that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as pressure, um, what the approach I really took for pressure was, I, w- I just, it's going to, the, the, C- the beer is going to be, we're going to drop it down to atmospheric pressure, so the CO2 is going to be super saturated. Mm-hmm. And it'll stay in solution that way for a period of time, as long as you don't hit it with uh, a reason to come out of solution. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That'd be like a, you know, a sharp ninety or um, you know a throttling valve at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, like agitation. The, um, in other words, yeah. Yeah, those little fillers you use for you know for filling of a bottling bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, those will throttle it and just you know immediately uh, cause it to foam up. Well, so, even um, you know any turns where you've got a liquid traveling through a through a bend, you know the the shorter path on the inner part of the bend is going to have a different pressure than the outer part on the longer part of the bend, 
you're gonna you can pull gas out in something like that. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Well. You know, sharp nineties versus you know long sweet nineties. You know, are mm-hmm. you know, make a big difference. And what we so you know fundamental to the design of the beer gun was one. Um, we used a long length of three sixteenth ID hose so that we gradually dropped the pressure from. Uh, in this case, we recommend you start about half the um, normal dispensing pressure. Mm-hmm. So you know, in that you know five to seven psi range, and it drops it from there down to atmospheric pressure uh, very gradually over a ten foot length. And we don't have any um, uh, ninety degree bends. There's a quarter inch ID tube uh, that we call the beer tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, complicated name there and um it's a 3 uh inside diameter so as it as the beer goes all the way through all the way to the bottom of the bottle it doesn't experience any sharp 90 degree turns so should people and, you know when and that helps when, when people are laying out their their tubing from the keg to the bottle uh, on the beer gun should they try and leave those in you know straighter paths they shouldn't put you know they shouldn't coil it up on the counter they should, uh, you know, leave it laid out uh, flat and straight as much as possible. Does that you just really just don't want to kink the hose. Uh-huh. You know, if you've got a you know a six inch diameter uh, coil or you know something like that, that's that's such a long sweep. It really is not going to cause the okay um, the the CO two to come out of mm-hmm. solution. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, then right at the the very base of the of the bottle, and that was the other thing is to make sure we fill in right from the very bottom of the bottle because as soon as you get that. Um, the end of that tube submersed in beer, um, that really keeps the, the foaming down, too. Mm-hmm. So we just have a very quick-acting um, uh, valve at the bottom. It's just a little rubber ball and a flared end on the tube. And, and that um, you, you lift that up when you, when you pull the, the trigger of the beer gun, mm-hmm. and it just quickly opens it, just like a tap. You, you open it quickly and close it quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, uh, you know, again keeps you from throttling mm-hmm. uh, the beer. And um, the other uh, item then is getting the CO2 uh, into the bottle to purge the air out. And um, we've got another uh, tube, the CO2 tube, that um, we just have a little button um, valve that you can push, push button valve, and, and that allows you to purge the bottle. Mm-hmm. So you, you do connect this up to your uh, regulator, so you need a, a spare CO2 port on your regulator. Um, and that's used to purge the bottle, and so you just push one button to purge it, and then you pull the other, pull the trigger, and it starts filling it up with beer, and um, you just fill it until it just a smidge of beer uh, runs out the top. And when you withdraw the stem, um, this is the other thing I really like about the beer gun, is the volume of that stem gives you the perfect bottle fill. Mm-hmm. And then all you do is in that little headspace that's left, because now that you've pulled the stem out, you've, you've gone just a smidge of oxygen back in. You just give that um, that uh, open space just a little shot of CO2 with the tip of the beer gun and um, cap immediately. Hmm. Cool. Well, so, you know, so right there you've you've eliminated the the, the nucleation sites for the uh, for the beer to foam. Um, mm-hmm. You've gradually reduced the pressure. So uh, it does, you know, you can keep the beer super saturated at that at pressure, and uh, you've allowed, uh, given the ability to, to purge the CO2 out, right. or the air out with CO2. 
Well, and that's one thing I found. Uh, you know, you, you talk about the the quick action of opening and closing the valve. I, I found the same thing on all the counter pressure fillers I've tried over the years. If it didn't have a valve that I could open as quickly as possible, uh, you know, I had troubles with it. Opening and closing. If if you can't open and close it quickly, and that's why I had problems with the ones with where the it's got a three way valve at the top because I couldn't get it open quick enough and closed quick. Enough. <laughs> to satisfy my needs, especially you know on the highly end up spraying the beer. Yeah, yeah well, it, it ends up uh, you know when you if you open it slowly, it, it you know it, it ends up just forcing it through a little narrow gap, and you end up with uh, you know a lot of CO two coming out, and you end up with an initial amount of foam. And once it starts foaming, eh, then then you've kind of lost the battle on that bottle. You know, it's better just yeah, to, to to stop. You know, pour that beer into into a glass. You know, send that bottle back to be sanitized and rinsed again, and then you know, try it again with another one. So, um, you know, you got to open and close those really quickly, and and uh, you know, that's that's one of the kind of one of the critical things uh, when you're filling filling a beer. So if you if you have a a valve you can open and close quickly, that's much better. So. Uh, I think that's one of the one of the reasons I like the beer gun is uh, because of that aspect. You know, and the other thing that I, I really wanted out of the design of that product is um, something that was very easy to sanitize. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because a lot of those other fillers that I used, it was, I just never felt comfortable that I was getting them uh, clean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this has just got a, a couple of tubes that are the only thing that touches the beer, and we even include a, you know, a cleaning brush to run up inside it. And um, it's, it's, it's really easy to, to clean. And that was one of the other things, too, is I never wanted to take the time to set all that stuff up to fill just, you know, a few bottles for, you know, send it to some, you know, buddies or, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, you know, take it to a party or that kind of thing because it, it just took a while. So I wanted something that was just simple to, to put right. together and, um, and connect up. You know, it's not a, you know, it's just simply just connecting it up to this, uh, to the beer out and, um, you know, a quick connection onto the CO2 and you're ready to go. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. It's always such a big project for me that I would get the wife, we, you know, we'd set the whole thing up and, and I would do, uh, 12 to 14 cases at a time. I would do, you know, six to seven beers at a time because just setting it up, make sure everything's sanitized. And the, the, the problem with the filler that I last used was that uh, you know the valves had many little intricate parts in them, so I have to com- completely disassemble them to get uh, to really clean it out. And, and and you know you should clean your your filler uh, every time you've used it. You should clean it uh, you know thoroughly. Make sure there's no um, no organic matter left in the in the filler, and then uh, you want to sanitize it thoroughly uh, when you set it up to. Um, uh, counter pressure fill or, or to fill fill bottles, uh, whatever method you're using, you want to run sanitizer through it first. And uh, you run some sanitizer through it, let it sit for a little bit, then you know run a little bit of beer through it, and then you're you're good to go. Uh, you know, very important. And one other trick I used to do was um, I would first uh, uh, do all my uh, uh, clean beers, and then the last beers I would do would be all my my sours, all my you know lambics and and Flanders and things like that. I would do those last. I just didn't want a, you know any chance of carrying over some of those bugs into uh, the cleaner beers that I had. 
I didn't care, you know, if I got a little English ale yeast in a in a you know beer that used cow ale, you know, I that didn't matter as much to me. But the bugs, that was that was a big deal. You know, I bet you could set up a uh, just a keg with some sanitizer in it, mm-hmm. and and just switch, um, you know, the the liquid bollock, just switch it out to the to the sanitizer in between uh, batches, and just you know let it blast out sanitizer through mm-hmm. it, you know, for a minute, and then switch it back over to a different beer. All right, that's, no, that's a great idea. Quick. Yeah, and you can also use that to help uh, clean up your you know your kegging system. You know, if your 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 faucet dispense as well. Yep. Uh, good way of doing that. Good idea. Palmer, you got anything to add to uh, the discussion of uh, counter pressure filling? No, I don't think so. I think you covered everything quite well. Um, I've I've always enjoyed using the beer gun after my own, you know, instead of my own uh, attempts at counter pressure filling. It does. It takes the counter pressure out of it. You don't have to worry about trying to pressurize the bottle and. Uh, it, there, there goes the uh, the beer spray. So, see one thing about you, Palmer, that I really love is you always want to build your own stuff, and, uh-huh. and then, and I know you're capable of it. You know, uh-huh. you're a brilliant mind. You know, you're a great engineer. But uh, you know, I think it's uh, like you know, finances and time that pretty much uh, end up stopping you in the long run. And then you yeah. go, well, yeah, somebody's got a good product. I'll just. Just get one oh, yeah, of you, yeah, you, yeah, but I, you I love the challenge. It. I do. I, I mm-hmm. I'm kind of like John that way. I'm, I mean, I'm looking for an innovative solution, one that really addresses the issue, mm-hmm. and trying to find an elegant solution to it. And that's uh, uh, you know, it's great to see products like this that you know really, really solve the issue. Um, there, there you go. It takes, takes the takes the work out of it. That, 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 you know, elegant solutions to your brewing problems. That's the, that should be the Blickman uh, tagline. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, I've, I, you know, a lot of this just comes back, you know, from my engineering experience at at uh, uh, at Caterpillar. The you know the, the most simple product is going to be the lowest cost and the most reliable. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I always look at my designs, and it usually takes me. Like the beer gun, I, you know, the first couple of designs I came up with for that were significantly more complicated. And as you know, you know, this is it's just too many parts. And and uh, you know, I really just simplified it and simplified it. And uh, you know, that's kind of what I try to do with all the all the products I've got. And you know, and don't don't put a part in there unless it's it's really serving a you know a purposeful function. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that keeps your cost down, keeps the, um, the product a lot more reliable and just easier to use. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think it's the best product out there on the market for for filling uh, pressurized beer. Now, how how does all this compare to uh, what the commercial breweries doing? Now, I know that they're you know very very uh, you know concerned about oxygen pickup and contamination and a lot of other things. You guys know how this compares to to the tricks that uh, the large uh, you know how commercial bottle works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I believe they have. Do they have a tube that goes down the bottom of the bottle, or is it? Um, I think gosh. I've seen somewhere there's a stem mm-hmm. that uh, that drops into there, and I'm almost positive that they're actually a counter pressure filled. Mm-hmm. 
and then um, at the and then when it's when it's actually filled, then they um, they have a jet. I don't know. If, I think it just uses uh, reverse osmosis water. Mm-hmm. It's a little jet that sprays Splash a real a uh, high pressure jet just to kick up some foam, and then right. they immediately cap it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Right. They they pressurize the bottle to fill it, and then uh, then take that off, withdraw that stem, mm-hmm. and squirt the water into cap on foam. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Well, and uh, you know, and they have. I think they have other things that they they squirt in there to get it going. Gases, and then and they'll, they'll flush them with uh, various things. And uh, I think one of the one of the big failings in a lot of these uh, commercial uh, setups is that the bottles aren't uh, you know cleaned and sanitized as as well as you might like. Um, you know, f- for me. Uh, I make sure that you know there's nothing in those bottles, and they get filled with sanitizer, and they get to drip dry and things like that. And uh, you know, I've seen commercial breweries where they just have a case of bottles from the manufacturer, and that goes right in and gets filled with beer. <laughs> and you know, yeah. if you've ever you know looked through enough bottles, and believe me, I've looked through thousands. There's spiders, there's dust, there's, you know, gnats, there's all sorts of crud in there. There's, you know, other pieces of glass. There's all sorts of strange things that you find in those bottles. So, you, know, you want to, you know, clean those bottles out thoroughly. If you're going to reuse bottles, by, you know, you have to make sure they are spotless. You Get know, the cigarette butts out. Yeah, any, any crud in there, one, is going to make it harder to fill the bottle because it's going to tend to provide a nucleation site that the CO2 can come out of. But also, you know, it's contaminants that uh, you know you're going to end up, uh, you know, messing with. It. If and, and again, if it's a uh, something for the short term, eh, I guess it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, you can drink with your teeth closed and strain out the the cigarette butts, chewing gum, and all that. But if you want to send off to competition, you really want to make sure you're using clean bottles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did we cover everything that we think we need to cover? Anything we missed? I think so. Probably just kind of recap. Um, if you're using a standard counter pressure bottle filler, uh, the tips t- the tips are you know chill the beer, yeah. get it quite cold. Yeah. That will uh, help the CO2 stay in solution. Right. Use a um, high overpressure. Get the keg up above the bottle and slowly siphon the beer into the bottle instead right. of Make sure pushing that you, it. You do pull the CO2 pressure off it because you don't want to you don't want to overcarbonate it over. Uh, yeah. Once you're done. Put too much, you, you yeah. Know, once you're done, bleed it back off. But you know, you want to. If you try pushing the beer, if to see people put the keg on the floor and then push the beer up out of the keg into the bottle. That's the wrong way to do it. Reverse that. Get the keg up high and then slowly siphon it into the bottle, and, and you'll have better luck with those uh, standard counter pressure fillers. I think that's, that's the trick that worked for me over the years. I, until I learned that trick, I could not counter pressure fill a bottle to save my life. Uh-huh. On the beer gun, we kind of recommend the other way because it's a different a mm-hmm. different process. Mm-hmm. You know that that allows you to drop uh, you know a half a psi, a couple you know psi or so of pressure just from uh, the elevation. So mm-hmm. um, you know that that works. You know, and and, and it's kind of when I I feel like uh, Jim Miller was saying, you kind of get a procedure that works for you, and then just stick with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're having trouble, then try you know add on. Um, things like cooling your bottles, add on you yeah. know the location of the keg and cooling the keg and and those things as as you see you need to based on the success you're having with mm-hmm. filling the bottles. Yeah, I never had to cool my bottles with the uh, 
with that, you know, with, with all these other tricks. And so that, that, that worked well. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. And uh, after the, the break, we'll, we'll answer some questions from the listeners. Back after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. Cutting edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer. A brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hey, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. 
The Williams Way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh, White Labs. It's all in the vial. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Google Network. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, counter-pressure filling, and uh, we've got a uh, guest with us, uh, Mr. John Blickman of Blickman Engineering, also our fine sponsor. Um, uh, questions from the chat room, Justin? Yeah, one question that has been coming through is about cleaning the gun, and you had talked a bit about that, John. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically, he was wondering if uh, he should use uh, a PBW or or beer line cleaner or OxyClean. Like, what is the best solution? You know, any of those uh, cleaning agents are just fine. I mean, you can uh, just use. Uh, you know, you can. I, I personally just use PBW because that's what I, you know, I, I have around for cleaning out bottles and everything else. Okay. Um, but the, uh, any of the beer line cleaners are fine. You generally, since you're not using the product for, you know, days and days, you don't get a lot of protein loads that build up on the uh, inside of the um, tubes. And, you know, we've got a brush that we include with it so you can clean out the beer tube, the inside of the beer tube and the CO2 tube. So it's it's pretty darn easy to, to keep clean and, and any... Uh, stainless safe cleaner or work just fine. Okay. And so some folks have counter pressure fillers and they're curious about the beer line length and diameter and how that affects uh, the bottling of a beer. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, length and diameters of, of beer lines? The um, On the beer gun, it's, it's pretty vital. Um, you know, that that's part of the way we drop that pressure gradually. Um, and on a on a counter pressure, it's it's less sensitive to that, um, mostly because you're you're bringing the, the the bottle up to the pressure of the keg, and and then you bleed off pressure, and then it and it starts to flow. So you're really limiting the flow by how you're uh, you know letting the the CO2 pressure vent off that um, pressurized bottle to let the beer flow. And um, on the beer gun, um, you, you just pull that trigger open. So um, we've got it sized so that if you have that uh, length of hose with combined with the ID of the beer tube, um, that it just works out great. Okay. So it's a vital part for the beer gun, but um, it's less sensitive to that for a, uh, a counter-pressure filler. Now, now uh, if you're using uh, the beer gun and you've got, uh, you know, should you have different... Uh, tubing lengths if you're uh, 
uh, filling, let's say, you know, some British mild versus a Belgian uh, strong, you know, and you got, you know, double the carbonation one versus the other, would you need different tubing lengths? Is there something, you know, special you, you know, want to I've do never, for that? With, with the highly carbonated beer, with, with your standard, you know, two and a half volume and below uh, beers, the 10 foot line uh, works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never really tried it with a highly carbonated uh, beer like a, um, uh, you know, Belgian or something. And um, intuitively, it tells me if, if you were to increase the length of that, you can, uh, you know, you've just got less of a instant pressure change. Uh, as you as you go, or you don't have to drop your keg pressure as low. Mm-hmm. So you know, say you've carbonated that thing at 20 psi, uh, you know you can drop it down to maybe 15, and you know, and double the length of your hose, and and you'll drop that. I'm trying to remember what the, uh, I think it's about a psi a foot or something like that, isn't it, John? What's the what's the pressure the, drop? For the three for the three sixteenths, oh, it's um, three psi per foot. So three psi the, per foot, yeah. Yeah, the the ten the ten foot length is going to pretty much allow any most high pressure or highly carbonated beers um, coming from the keg to uh, to reach equilibrium um, and develop a slow velocity as they fill. The faster you fill the bottle, the more it's going to foam. So that's part of what the long line pressure does. Uh, the line long line does on the beer gun is it. It re- that resistance reduces the flow velocity and uh, quiets the beer and keeps the CO two in in suspension. Mm-hmm. Well, and That's also where we've got that what we call the quiescent flow. Uh, right. You know, so it's the flow is laminar through the tube, that um, small ID tube, and then you know it's just the whole idea is just to gently get that beer into the bottle. And also, if you lower the the temperature significantly, that probably helps somewhat on those uh, uh, very gassy uh, Belgians and right. things like that. Yeah, yeah, chilling yeah. your bottle. You know, help. and and really, that's that's kind of a you know, if you're really struggling with a certain beer style, um, you know, that that's just a, a, an extra piece of help you can mm-hmm. you can add on to the process if you if you think you need it. Most of the times. Um, it, it works just fine out of the box. Mm-hmm. Well, and one other thing uh, that I find is, you know, maybe the first beer that you fill, uh, you know, the the filler is warm. Uh, once you run a beer through it, it tends to be nice and cool. And then, you know, that also seems to help, especially with the counter-pressure filling. If you get the, the filler chilled down, that seems to help uh, somewhat as well. Yeah. And that's the beer you're going to want to drink anyway. Right. You pour some for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Any mistakes, go into a pint glass, and you just enjoy those when you're done. All right, next question. Well, that was about it, actually. Uh, the, the beer gun's pretty self-explanatory. I did have some comments for you, John. Um, okay. Uh, some folks wanted me to thank you for designing the auto sparge. says that it uh, works great and improved my numbers uh, because of the way it adds uh, the, work back to, the work back to my ton. Uh, my burners don't fire nearly as much. Um, so, and he wanted to thank Jamil for mentioning the auto sparge because that's right. how he found out about it. Cool. And I could add to that too, John. Uh, so, producer Shat's been using your auto sparge uh, on our system back here, and he's in love with it. Good. Um, it, it really All does. Right. Although he did, he's kind of a doofus, and he lost that little screw that that holds the arm <laughs> right into his mash. He <laughs> he hadn't figured out yet that you can just 
raise the sparge arm so you can mount the whole thing to your mash tun before you dough in, and, and the sparge arm just raises up and out of the way. Well, he sort of thought he had to detach it and then time. and yeah. then screw it in with this tiny little screw when he <laughs> at, and, and so here he was mashing and he's telling himself, "Oh, I know I'm I'm going to screw this up." And he sure enough, he uh he drops the the screw in. He laid out the entire mash on the back patio <laughs> af- <laughs> afterward looking for that screw and I come out there and I go, "You know, I can probably just call John and see if he's got another screw, man." <laughs> Um, but aside from that mishap, uh, mishap, he really does like that spar jar too. Good, good. But you know, I'm about the laziest brewer on the planet. You know, so I'm always thinking of ways. How can I do this so that I can sit in the living room and drink a beer while I'm brewing? And uh, you know, that's that's one of the things. You know, having run over a mash tun or having gone crap, I just ran my mash tun dry. You know, uh, you know, it just led me to do. I actually had that. Uh, 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 thing in my brewery for a while and thought, why don't I come out with this? This thing just works great. Nice. And uh, that's how I came up with that. And, you know, same thing with the with the beer gun, just, you know, same frustrations every other brewer, uh, you know, has with, with these things. You know, I just uh, try to think up, uh, you know, a better way of, of doing these and, and coming out with them. And it's, it's fun to do. All right, uh, John, you're going to be at the uh, NHC and you're, you're doing a presentation, right? Uh... Yes. Sure am. Your plan, and and this is about uh, all those tips and tricks for uh, for uh, for the brewery. Yeah, you know it's 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 an idea that I uh, I'd had a, a, when I was leaving the uh, 2009 show on um, you know just the plethora of knowledge and information that all the brewers at that conference have, and you know how can I help distribute that to all the other attendees at the shows you know, to, to kind of capture all the knowledge that's there and, and try to make everybody's brew day easier, particularly those that are just starting to do uh, some all-grain breweries or setting up their breweries. Um, you know, so the, the whole crux of the, of the presentation is just to talk about, you know, what's, um, how do you plan your brew day so you don't have these, oh, crap, I forgot to do that disaster, or, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot all about making my yeast starter, you know, those kind of things. You know, how do you... Uh, how do you plan your brew day and organizational tips? How do we store uh, grain? Um, you know, cleaning is 90% of brewing. How, what are some easy tips for cleaning up? And, you know, how do you, uh, uh, you know, I, I brewed in my garage for years after I got booted out of the kitchen for too many boilovers. And, you know, it's how do you organize in your, in your uh, brewery so you can um, quickly set up and quickly tear down? Um, you know, because you've got to park the cars and tools and everything else in there. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are the kind of things that uh, uh, I'll be talking about. And I've actually set up an email uh, account. Uh, it's nhc2010 at blickmanengineering.com. And um, I'm just actively uh, uh, requesting people to send in their, their cool ideas. You know, just simple little things. You know, just, uh, I had one guy send in a... A picture of uh, how he put, uh, how he hangs his hoses from the rafters in his uh, in his garage to uh, to dry them. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things like that. Something you you think, oh, certainly everybody thought of this, uh, could very well not be the case. And um, you know, just share, let's share that knowledge uh, with the rest of the brewers there. And I'm just kind of the the MC, kind of putting it together. So, cool. um, you know, again, it's NHC2010 at BlickmanEngineering.com. Send them on in. Uh, make sure to send pictures and uh, a description of, of uh, your idea. 
Cool. So, uh, all you guys listening, uh, make sure you you send those ideas on so John can uh, further the uh, disseminate the, the the good information to the the rest of the populace out there. I wish Excellent. I had thought of that, John, having the listeners write my presentation for me, too. <laughs> oh, you, you're on to my evil plan. <laughs> See, I yeah. told you I'm a lazy brewer. Yeah, man. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us and uh, sharing your expertise. And uh, look forward to seeing you out there in uh, June. It's going to be a Yeah, and all time. you listeners, if you're out there, be sure to stop by our booth. Yeah. All right. Thank you, folks. Uh, another great uh, series of shows. Hey, and one last uh, thing. Yeah. Um, I just got my copy of BYO Magazine, uh-huh. and uh, Mr. Palmer there has an oatmeal article in it right? this month. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, it's look at it. I read through about half of it uh, during when you guys were doing a segment. And uh, it's, it's you had a, to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. So I took the article with me, and it's a nice article in uh, the newest edition of uh, BYO Magazine by our very own John Palmer. Good job, John. All right, oh, thank you. Okay, uh, you know that's that's the packaging for you. And uh, if you get a chance, uh, make sure you you uh, visit our great sponsor uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Also check out uh, BYO Magazine, like uh, Justin said, BYO. Uh, Palmer's got an article in there. I do uh, style profile articles as well. And uh, you can get that uh, magazine by going to uh, thebrewingnetwork.com. There's a BYO logo on there on the uh, on the main page. You just click on that, sign up, and half of what you sign up for uh, goes to the Brewing Network. So that's very cool. And uh, you can also get some goodies out of the store. Uh, you get some shirts, get some books, all that goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps uh, provide these shows for you so you don't have to uh, uh, pay for them uh, uh, otherwise. If you get a chance, come on out to the uh, NHC out in June, Minneapolis. We'll all be there. We're going to have a big party. You can get tickets, VIP tickets, right now for uh, the BNA5 anniversary, the anniversary party. And uh, there's only a few of those left, so jump on them right away. If you're listening live, uh, hang on. We're going to have another show coming up, live Q&A. Bring your questions, and uh, you can uh, ask them for Palmer and I. We'll uh, we'll do our best to answer, like we usually right. do. Anything else to add, uh, Monsieur Palmer? No, no. Brew strong, Cretans. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, snap yourself off a nice fresh piece. 